Good morning, Harvest. Big shout out to the Nogler family this morning. Asher came into the world this week and we're so happy and excited. Mom is safe, Asher's doing great, everything is wonderful. Hey, I hope you had a great week. This is part six of our series, Standing Firm on Shaky Ground. I hope you've been enjoying this series. I certainly have as we've been digging in the Psalm chapter 27. Today we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. And uh, let's get right into this. And this week we're going to declare, I will turn to God at all times. You know, there are times in our life where it seems like it's easier to connect with God. Last week, we talked about hearing God in our heart. I want to give a shout out to Karen Brink and just the level of creativity and the excellence uh, as we went outside and, and put all of that together. I hope you enjoyed our time outside. And, and, and many of you have already texted and, and, and told us that it was significant for you as you heard God in the secret place of your heart. But this week I want to talk about those times in our life where it seems like heaven has turned its back on us. It would seem as if God isn't speaking to us. We can't feel Him. We don't sense Him. And it's just really difficult. As opposed to those times where everything seems to be going really well, really easy to connect. Sometimes it's a little different, especially uh, times like now as it's difficult during this COVID isolation and uh, uncertainty, and we're just not sure of what's going on and, and, and what's, what do we believe and what don't we believe. And so sometimes it can be very, very difficult to hear God or to feel God or to sense that God is with us, almost as if heaven is ignoring us. Let's look at Psalm 27, verses 9 through 10. And David experienced something very, very similar he said, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me or forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. We're going to walk through this psalm today and, and uh, really understand how we can stand firm on shaky ground. This lesson is probably one of the most difficult in the course of the Psalms, uh, this particular Psalm, as we have been tearing it apart and looking at it, unpacking it. But I'm going to challenge you this morning. If you will give yourself to this, the dividends far outweigh the momentary pain of learning this lesson. If you can learn this lesson, it will serve you well to stand firm on shaky ground. Let's pray today. Father, I just ask you, Lord, as everyone is watching today and that your word will penetrate into our hearts, it will speak to us. These principles, Lord, today they're so precious, so important that you would give us. Help us to learn them well, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so what I want to do is just uh, kind of phrase by phrase look at what David's telling us today. And he begins by saying, Lord, don't hide from me. Don't hide from me. This morning, I, I want your declaration, remember, to be, I will turn to God at all times. And those all times, the all times, all these different kinds of times that we're still going to turn to God, David outlines. And so I will turn to God even when he seems hidden. Listen to this verse from Job chapter 23. He says, I go east, and he's not there, and he's speaking about the Lord. I go west, I can't find him. I do not see him in the north, for he is hidden. I look to the south, but he is concealed. But he knows where I'm going, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. 
And so he answers the reason, why would I come out as pure as gold? For I have stayed on God's path. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. We're not going to turn to the left or to the right, even if God seems hidden. For Job, he was searching for God and it seemed like he couldn't find him. It seemed like he was unavailable to him, but he said, no matter what, I'm going to set my heart to stay on God's path. And that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about turning to God, even when we're in difficult times. You see, when we're in pain and we're in confusion, and it feels like God can't be found, often, often it's because of our emotions, and our emotions are in a state because of the pain, because of the, uh, the confusion, because of whatever fill-in-the-blank emotion you might be going through right now. And there's so much noise that can happen in our head during these times that, that it seems like, it would appear like, it would be, we would sense as if it were that, that God is not close by. But our emotions can deceive us. And what we're going to see today is no matter what, the scriptures are clear that God is always with us. And one of the highest responses of love, one of the highest responses of trust in God is to turn to God even when you can't feel him, even when you're not uh, sensing his voice in your heart or sensing his presence in your time of prayer and as you're reading the scriptures. You see, The emotional period will pass. Our difficult time will pass. But God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And like Job, we want to be able to say, I have stayed on God's path. I have followed his ways. I've not turned aside. Remember, today we're standing firm on shaky ground by committing, no matter what times I'm going through, I'm going to turn to God, even if it feels like the heavens are brass, even if it feels like I'm going through the motions. Hey, listen, I've experienced this time and time again, where I've come before the Lord, and I've sat before the Lord, as we learned last week, and I've stared at the wall and said, God, if you're here, I don't see you. I can't feel you and I don't hear you. But I'm determined. I'm determined to stay in your presence because I know that I know that I know my emotions lie to me. But God's presence is here with me. Let's begin looking at this psalm. David says, don't turn away from me. Or what he's really saying is, don't turn your back on me. Think about it. When someone turns away, David says, God, don't turn away from me. And, and when someone walks away from you and, and, and they've discontinued uh, speaking to you or maybe broke relationship with you, it reminds me of the story in Luke chapter 15 where there was a, a lost coin and there was a lost sheep and there was a lost son. And the, and the parable is referred to as the prodigal son, but really it's a son that was lost and a father that was looking for him. This son turned his back on the father and went his own way. The father never, ever turned his back on his son, though really circumstances would have been that he could have. Uh, I mean, really he had every reason to, but he decided that he would never turn his back on his son. Many days go by in the story that we're reading about the prodigal son or the lost son. And one day that son turns around and, and realizes, I need my father. 
And the father was waiting for him with his arms open wide. He was there all the time looking for the son. God will never turn his back on you. Though even as David was crying out, God, it feels as if you've turned your back on me. It feels as if you've walked away. And and we have to be committed in those times. No, remember the God who's standing waiting with his arms opened wide. God will never disown you. Even when it feels like perhaps you've done something that caused God to turn his back or you've walked away from God. God will never, ever walk away from you. You know, David goes on, he says, don't be angry with me. Don't be angry with me. There's a story in the Old Testament in Judges about Gideon. And God is speaking to Gideon about some things that are taking place. Gideon is facing a vast army. And God says, I'm going to fight the battle for you, Gideon. And then Gideon, unsure, is that really God? (laughs) Is that really God speaking to me right now? And he says, God, if it's really you, if it's really you, give me a sign. Show me it's really you. And God does. And then some time goes by and Gideon's still not sure. He says, now God, and he makes it a little harder for God. Give me me a sign like, well, you know, if this happens and this happens, then I'll really know it's you. And then that wasn't enough for Gideon. And he asks God a third time. And he says this, And Gideon said to God, Please, don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. You ever feel like you're a bother to God? You ever feel like Gideon, where you just think, Man, I can't get this right? You know, as we read that story of Gideon, God didn't say, oh, come on, Gideon. I've given you not one sign, not two signs. Now you're asking for three. No, the graciousness of God, the mercy of God, the love of God was right there for Gideon. He said, Gideon, I'll be everything you need. You need not once, not twice, but three times for me to tell you that it's me speaking to you right now. Well, you know what? God is that way with us. He's the God, not once, not twice, not three. He won't be angry with you. He's not angry with you. You might think the silence of heaven right now is because you've done something to tick God off or to frustrate God. Or maybe you're thinking God just needs to teach you something. Listen, that's not the God we serve. We serve the God of Gideon, the God who comes once, twice, three times. And even when Gideon says, you must be frustrated with me by now. And God says, no, I'm not. I love you. I want to show myself to you. You know, in my own life, as the years have gone by, I've learn more and more of this aspect of God. But there were days when, you know, I would mess up. I wouldn't get it right. I would feel like I disappointed God. I would feel like I let God down. Maybe there was sin in my life, disobedience in my life, rebellion in my life. And, and, and like the sun, I would turn around and want to come back to God, but I would hesitate. I would take my time. I, I would wonder if God really wanted to hear from me, if God was really wanting to speak to me, because after all, God must be so angry with me right now. And I'd give God some time to cool down. <laughs> what I began to realize and what I've learned over these years, and I want you to know today, if you're finding this time, a time of silence or a time of quietness in, in your life, you know, as, as it relates to God speaking to you, I want to tell you, God is not angry with you today. This is a time where your emotions are in the way. Your thoughts are in the way. Difficulty right now is in the way. But it's not in the way of God. It's just in the way of you sensing. The highest act of love you can do right now is to press in quickly. The Bible says we can come to the throne of grace boldly 
even when we've messed up, even when we've gotten it wrong, God won't be angry with you. David says, you have been with me in my time of help. Don't stop helping me, God. God, please don't stop helping me. The disciples were in a, in a boat during a storm. And it was a storm like it didn't measure any other storm they'd ever been a part of. These were, these were fishermen, experienced fishermen. And they began to cry out to Jesus, who just happened to be having a nap in the boat in the middle of this storm. And they went and woke Jesus up and they said, don't you care if we drown? Maybe right now you're saying, God, I feel like you're sleeping on the job. God, where are you right now? God, are, are, have you forgotten about me? And like the disciples, we come to Jesus and go, don't you care if... Maybe you're not drowning physically today, but maybe you're worried about your finances. Maybe your emotional state right now is telling you that God doesn't care. And right now you're wondering, God, do you ever, are, are, are you caring about me now? I want to assure you that Jesus cares. He assured the disciples that day that he truly, he truly cares. He wants to help. He wants to be there for you. And you cry out, God, help. <laughs> and he wants to respond to your cry. David said, don't leave me. Don't leave me. Don't reject me, is what he's saying. Rejection is painful. And unfortunately, all too many of us know the pain of rejection. Maybe the rejection of a parent. Maybe the rejection of a spouse, a friend, a loved one. What happens with rejection is that we begin to question our value because somebody who said they valued us, somebody who said they loved us, somebody opened their life and were vulnerable to us and we were vulnerable with them and made that connection, rejected us, turned their back on us, they left us. And what happens is we begin to question our value. We begin to question, are we that important to that person? And if we're not, then we must not be worth very much. And then shame quickly comes into our life. And after that, guilt quickly comes into our life. And, and, and these emotions are so difficult. I want to tell you today that that pain is very real. But God will never, ever reject you. You are so valuable to Him. You are so important to Him. When Jesus went to the cross and spread His arms out on Calvary, He said, I love you this much. He would have done it if you were the only person alive on planet Earth because you're that valuable to God. He will never reject you, even though it feels that way. The truth of the scriptures today are, He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, be strong and of good courage. When you're feeling rejected by God, you're not. Do not fear and do not be afraid. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Your emotions lie to you, but God will never lie to you. God will never reject you. The greatest thing you can do in the moments of silence is to stay in His presence, knowing He's there even when you can't feel Him. Because the dividends far outweigh the pain of pressing through that. It will build something so strong in you. It will build something so lasting in you. It will give you the capacity to stand firm on shaky ground. David went on in the cry of his heart, feeling the way he was feeling. He said, Lord, don't forsake me. That word forsake there means to abandon. 
Abandon has the idea of giving up. Ah, I'm done with you. I'm so done. Have you heard people, anybody say that? Ah, I'm done. Wow, I'm done. And they just close the door on, on the relationship with you. They close the door on you. They close the door on caring for you. They close the door saying you're a lost cause. I want to tell you today that God will never give up on you. Once, twice, three, 30, 31, 32, 50. It conti just continue counting. Jesus taught his disciples about forgiveness. They thought seven was a lot. And Jesus said, no, seven is not enough. Seventy times seven. And it was kind of a, just a huge number. It's not, a, it's not a precise number. Jesus was saying, you need to forgive. And if we need to forgive and have grace, how much more does God love and forgive and never shut the door on us? Even if my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord, the Lord will take care of me. At the end of the psalm, he begins to realize the word of God that he'd put into his heart. He began to realize the truth. So though his heart was feeling the way it was feeling, and God, it's okay with God as we cry out, as David did, that these emotions seem real and they seem so, so close to us, and yet God is even closer. You might feel as if God is hiding today, that he's turned his back on you, that he's angry, that he's rejected you. But today, I want you to move past those feelings and begin to declare, I will turn to God at all times. I won't let my, my emotions cause me to go the other way. I won't let my emotions tell me something that's not true. I know that God is for me and not against me. I want to read this last scripture today and then I want to pray for you today. But when they were in trouble, listen to this now, so important. They turned to God. When they searched for him, he let them find him. God is not playing hide and go seek on you. He's not hiding on you in a way that you'll never find him. He's a father. If you've ever played hide and seek with a little child that you're just having fun, you're just playing with them. But in that moment, they got a little worried because they couldn't find you. Of course you went, hello. You begin to give them hints. <laughs> you let them find you. God wants you to discover his presence. He wants you to discover, even in these difficulties, to dig down and find out that you can stand firm on shaky ground. I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for you to discover what I discovered just this week. In fact, it happened. It began to happen to me last week at the taping. I was having a number of weeks where I really felt exactly like David did, exactly as I've been sharing with you right now, and exactly as some of you are feeling right now, that God is afar off. Does God even care right now? And our emotions begin to ask those questions. But I showed up each morning the best I could and said, God, I'm here. <laughs> where are you? Because I know this principle. I know how important it is. Last week, while I was sitting on that stump beside the St. Lawrence River, as we were taping, right, right in the moment of the taping, some of you said it was a powerful moment. I, it was a powerful moment for me because God's presence began to surround me in a way that I hadn't, hadn't experienced for, for days. And really, if I think about it, probably weeks. And it went on for two hours. I went home and I sensed the peace of God. I sense what the disciples must have felt like when Jesus calmed the storm and they knew that they knew that the powerful God of heaven was in their midst. And I want to pray for you today. 
because I want you to experience what I experienced in that moment. I want you to know today that God wants you to find him. Would you just close your eyes anywhere that you are right now? And I want to pray this prayer for you. Lord, I pray every person that's watching right now would sense your presence. Oh, when we don't feel you doesn't mean you're not there. But Lord, it is so wonderful when we can and when we do. And Lord, I pray that would be everybody's portion right now. I'd like everyone just to look. I mean, just open your eyes. I want to pray for you today if you don't know God. If you've never sensed God at all, you didn't know you could have a relationship with Jesus. One of the greatest privileges at Harvest is that we could lead somebody to know God. You can know him today. His name is Jesus. He died on the cross for you. He rose and sits beside a God right now, rooting for you, cheering for you, and praying for you. And he's been praying for this moment that you would come like that son in the story. The Bible says we've all gone our own way. We've all turned our back on God, every single one of us. But every one of us can have a turning moment. The Bible calls it repentance. Ah, people have complicated this idea of repentance. It's simply turning around and going, I'm going to the Father. I want to have a relationship with God. And when you do, he's right there with his arms opened wide. He's not angry with you. He's not disappointed. He's been waiting for you. If that's you today, a simple prayer of invitation like this. Jesus, thank you for making a way for me to come to the Father. Father, I come to you today knowing your arms are open wide. Father, forgive me. Forgive my sin. Come into my life now. I want to know you the way Pastor Roy is talking today. I receive you in my life. Amen. If you prayed a simple prayer like that, we believe you're born again and you can start your relationship with Jesus. Would you just take one more step and click in the box? I made a decision today to serve Jesus. We'd love to send you a Bible and some material that you can begin on strong ground your relationship with Jesus. God bless you, Harvest. I just pray that you will know that at all times as you turn to him, he's there waiting for you. God bless you.